And welcome to episode 28 of The Postcast. My name is Sean Fairholm, and I'm here with Cassie Stein. In this week's episode, Cassie will be talking with Johnny West, an NBA champion with the Golden State Warriors, and more recently, caddy to Steph Curry during last week's Web.com Tour event out in the Bay Area. Steph fared pretty well, shooting a couple of 74s. He did a lot better than I thought he was going to do when I said he would finish dead last a couple weeks ago. I was proved very, very wrong about that. West is also the son of Jerry West, the man whose likeness is used for the logo of the NBA and former 14-time All-Star with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Hall of Famer, who's now obviously involved with the uh, the Golden State Warriors. I'll be back after the interview to talk with Cassie about this week's PGA Championship, but first let's listen in to our conversation with Johnny West. And right now we'd like to welcome on Johnny West to the postcast. Johnny, welcome and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's start from the beginning. When did you get yourself into golf, and what is your handicap nowadays? Um, so I'm a I'm a three eight index. Um, I started playing golf um, when I was younger, and then um, probably about to the age of twelve, um, and then completely stopped playing um, kind of through high school and college. And when I was when I was done playing basketball in college, I picked golf back up. Um, and, and since then, it's, it's become, you know, like a sort of an obsession for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, we we like that here at Global Golf Post, that's for sure. So you find out that Steph Curry is getting an exemption into the Web.com Tours Ellie Mae Classic. Do you call him? Does he call you? How does that work? And how does he ask you to caddy for him? Um, so he found out. I think it was either Game One or Game Two of the finals. Um, he he got. An, I can't remember if he got a letter or an email, but um, for his official invitation with with the exemption, um, and he was he showed it to me before the game, and you know we started talking about it then. Um, I'm a member at Stonebury, so we've played there together a decent amount of times, um, probably probably around ten ten or so. Um, so it all kind of just started from there, and. Um, that's that's kind of the, the backstory on that. Cool. A lot of people questioned Steph going into the event, but obviously you knew what he was capable capable of when you know having played before him. How cool do you think it is that he could play that well with all that attention around him? I mean, going from basketball to to golf isn't that easy for I think anyone, but it was easy for him. So, how, how do you think he handled that? I think the you know the the initial reaction was. The, rea- the initial negative reaction, um, I think it was more of people just thinking like, oh, this is another athlete who can't play golf. And then, you know, once the people who knew about his golf game and had seen his golf game before, more people that I had that I had talked to that, that had actually seen him play knew like he was actually going to do a lot better than people thought he was. Um, I don't think... A lot of people expected him to shoot 74, 74, but um, people knew how how talented of a golfer he was, um, and that you know I think he he surprised a lot of people by how good of a golfer he actually is. What were your reactions to his 74s? Um, I actually I had a, a bet with somebody at the club, and I, I said he was going to shoot 77, 71. So I got his scoring average right, just not the <laughs> Not the uh, actual round. Um, 
but it, it didn't surprise me at all. I, I've played enough golf with him um, to know what he's capable of, and especially when he's he's put under pressure on the golf course. Now, it's completely different just going out and playing with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that type of pressure versus teeing it up in an actual event. But once he got his initial nerves out of the way, um, I think his competitiveness kind of took over and helped him perform the way he did in that situation. So you're on the bag for him. Have you had any experience caddying before? And maybe in your eyes, was it tougher, tougher or easier than it looks for those of us who have never done it before on that type of level? I, I have. I caddied um, at the AT&T at Pebble Beach for one of our, um, for Joe Lake, one of our owners. Um, I've done that twice. So I've had some experience caddying. Um, and then obviously at Stonebreak, you don't know the course pretty well. Um, and have played it enough times where I should know it pretty well. Um, so, you know, from my standpoint, I didn't really have any issues going into it. Gotcha. Would you do it again if he got another an exemption into another event? Absolutely. Um, it's that's just such a fun experience. You know, not not only to caddy, but to do it for somebody that you know so well, um, and then that type of field too, where he can show his talent against you know the guys that are right there on the doorstep for the for the best tour in the world. Um, and they were great all week. There were so many guys that. I honestly didn't, every single guy that came up to him was extremely supportive. Um, they're all glad that he was playing. They understood the, the impact of the attention that, that Steph brought to the event, you know, the impact of that on them as well. Um, and they were all extremely supportive, which I think helped him um, feel more welcome and, and not like an outsider. Right. Okay, so we know you and Steph like to play on the road trips you go together. Is that correct? Uh, we have before, yes. <laughs> okay. So maybe tell us some of the coolest courses you've played and if one story sticks out in particular in your mind. Um, so, we, yeah, we play a lot. Uh, not a lot. We play a decent amount on the road. And then, you know, once um, we're home as well, um, and then during the summer we play, play a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the, you know, the most fun, memorable stories kind of came out of this past week, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I know everybody saw the his imitation of, of Jordan Spieth, his fellow Under Armour um, compatriot, but uh, that that was a lot of fun. That that all started with just a joke between me and him texting during the during the Open Championship, and um, it actually came to fruition. But I think you know moments like that, and then um, his first birdie of the day, the second round, um, he hit it into the greenside bunker off the tee um, of 14 um, and asked me as he was walking in the bunker, do you know how to hit a, a bump and run bunker shot? And I said, they're a chunk and run bunker shot. And I said, I have no idea. And he pulled out a 50 degree wedge, which is where he mostly hits his uh, bunker shots in a 60 degree wedge. And he looked at me and said, you know, I think you just kind of close the club face and just hit down on it and let it release. And I was like, okay, that's, go ahead. I, I don't know if that's right or not, but um, he did it, hit it to like six, six to eight feet and made birdie. And um, we just both started laughing because 
golf course, but he's he has the ability to do such amazing things as as an athlete. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about your job. You are the director of player programs for the Golden State Warriors, which sounds like a pretty awesome gig in my book. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe what the coolest part of your job is? Yeah, so my main focus um, is is the off-court development. Um, it's, it's mostly focused on the younger guys coming in the league, transitioning from college athletes to professional athletes. Um, but also helping guys transition through different phases of their career um, and helping them um, broaden their interests, um, introducing them to opportunities that we might have um, relationships with, um, you know, with in the tech world. Um, we have so many, you know, so many connections that want to be involved with our players um, we have a very diverse ownership group from, you know, in, in people that are in the financial world, world to the entertainment world to the tech world. We have so many opportunities that we can introduce our guys to and help them broaden themselves as, as people off the basketball floor. Um, so that that's really my main focus. And then other, um, other roles in, in basketball operations like scouting. Um, I travel with the team to almost every game, so um, I'm able to have close relationships with our coaches, with our players, um, and that's more to it, but that's that's been the main focus of my job. Very cool. Two more questions, and they're kind of quick hits, and they're kind of related back to golf. Um, if you could play any course in the world that you haven't played yet, what would it be? Um, I'm actually getting the opportunity to play Pine Valley here in a couple of weeks. Um, somebody who's involved with the Ellie Mae Classic invited me to play there, so I'm checking that off my bucket list. I've had the chance to play Augusta. Um, probably, I'd probably say Cyprus. Okay. I think that would be the next, the next on my bucket list. Very nice. And last question: What is your who? Who is in your dream foursome? <laughs> Throwing the tough ones at you last. I think it would be uh, my dad, Tiger Woods, and I'll be nice and say my brother Ryan because he's sitting right here next to me. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you then. <laughs> Johnny West, thank you so much for joining the postcast today. We appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you so much to Johnny West for, for joining us. That was a Pretty cool conversation to to have him on. Steph fared pretty well out in the in the Bay Area. Did did a lot better than uh, than I thought he would do. How about you, Cassie? Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, a pair of seventy fours, I'd take that every day. Yeah, that sounds pretty <laughs> and good. To me. Yeah, and especially under that type of pressure, I, I I can't even imagine going out there and doing that. You know, I love the quote where he was like, "I felt great, I felt great mm-hmm. up on the first tee until." They said my name and where I was from. Then my arms went numb. I was like, that is, that's just awesome though. I love like just like the rawness of it and that he tells the truth how it is, you know? Doesn't that show how great of an athlete he is? The fact that he can go from being, you know, an MVP in the NBA to being able to shoot 274s in a professional golf event. That's, uh, that's yeah. pretty impressive. I don't, think, I don't think there are any 
PGA golfers out there right now who could go into an NBA game and fare as well as he did going into a golf tournament. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And you know what else I love about it is that the NBA, obviously basketball is such a team sport. This is such, golf is such an individual sport. I love that he can go from one thing to another just so easily with, you know, no problems or nothing. I mean, like I said, 74, I would take that all day, every day. Yeah, and I believe him now that he buried the first hole at Augusta National. I was skeptical before because there was no video, <laughs> but now that we've seen how, how good he is, I, uh, I'm fully in support that that was real. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, moving forward, obviously, we have the PGA Championship this week at Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. Really looking forward to this because we've seen Quail Hollow as a host year in and year out of the Wells Fargo Championship. And we've had some tremendous winners, some great finishes. Um, Rory has won tw- uh, twice and has come runner up once. Ricky Fowler has won. Phil Mickelson has done everything but win. Uh, the 17th and 18th holes have got him a few times. But really looking forward to this week. And uh, also on the schedule, we have the Web.com Tour, the uh, Price Cutter Charity Championship in Missouri. Um, on the amateur schedule, we're, we're right in the, the biggest part of the season here. We have the U.S. Women's Amateur going on right now in San Diego. My pick is Jennifer Cupcho. Look out for her. The woman from uh, Wake Forest who almost won the NCAAs came so close but made that triple late in the round. Look out for her to play well this week. And the U.S. Amateur is starting next week and not too far away from the U.S. Women's Amateur. And that is going to be in Los Angeles at Riviera. Casio's on vacation in Los Angeles this past week and they have a lot of signs up on the roads. They are ready to go for the U.S. Amateur next week. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be a great week. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into Bingo bingo Bongo for uh, for this week. We didn't have a show last week, so we're going to go right into the uh, the PGA Championship. Who uh, who do you like to win? There's so many storylines this week. It's uh, it's hard to pick one person, isn't it? it there really it really is. I mean, you can go with Jordan Spieth. You can go with Rory. I mean, Jordan's going for the career Grand Slam. Rory's you know Mister Quail Hollow, mm-hmm. um, as you'd like to say. But I'm going to go with Zach Johnson. Um, I feel like he's just putting it all together. It's it's all right there. He finished solo second at Firestone last week. Um, he was leading for a majority of the tournament or tied at the top um, for a lot of it, but um, he just couldn't get it done. I mean, Hideki just played incredible on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his third straight top 15, and um, he's logged 38 rounds at Quail Hollow. Now, I, I know that there's some renovations and whatnot being done, but I think that I, I don't think that's going to be a huge factor because if you've played out there before, you just you just know the area and you feel comfortable about it. Um, so I'm going Zach Johnson this week. I like that pick. It seems like Quail Hollow is one of these courses where some people feel very comfortable on it and some people do not. Henrik Stenson has fared very poorly at, uh, at Quail Hollow throughout his career. He has finished no better than T55 in six starts. But some players like Zach Johnson and Rory and Ricky and uh, a few others have played uh, has, have played so well over the years. And it'll be interesting to see whether those slight changes really have any impact on uh, on their comfort level. I like that Zach Johnson pick a lot because he's uh, he's played so well here recently. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember a week, Cassie, where there have been so many players that I really want to pick. I mean, you go, I you go through this list of people. I mean, obviously, Hideki won last week. And I mean, mm-hmm. he looked incredible winning that tournament. And he's won six times in his last 20 starts. It's very difficult not to think that he would be uh, great on a golf course like this. It's a big, big golf course like Whale Hollow. 
possibly wet with how much it's been raining. Then you have Rory, who has played so well at Quail Hall. You have Ricky as well. Um, Jordan, you have the, the pressure that is going to be on him with trying to win, you know, the the career Grand Slam. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Thomas Peters to uh, to win. He played really well last week. Um, he, he has four top fives on on tour in, in the last six months, and we know how well we played the Ryder Cup last uh, last fall in Minnesota. Um, I like his game for this kind of course. He's just a a a, a big hitter and a good ball striker, and I think that's going to be the key. Um, this week, the the people who are the, the best ball strikers are going to be at the top of the leaderboard, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with Thomas. That's funny that you say that because he was actually my surprise player this week. Was oh, Thomas very Peters. nice. <laughs> and I don't know, like you said, I, like you picked him as your winner. I don't know if he's a surprise, but I still mm-hmm. think he sneaks up on people in that. His, I, don't get me wrong. He went to college here in the States. He's a University of Illinois alum. But I just don't think people quite grasp what he can bring to the table mm-hmm. yet. Like you said, Ryder Cup, yeah, we saw him, you know, do his thing. He did the Patrick Reed shush um, <laughs> and whatnot. But uh, I, I, he's my surprise player this week, and I think his confidence is so high right now that he will play well. So I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I, I, I think he'll be a surprise player, and he will be up there by the week, uh, week's end. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. I think he's just one of those guys who we're going to get to know better and better over the years, I think. Uh, he's, he's so young. He's still a really young exactly. player, and um, we're going to get to know him a lot more in, in the future, and we'll not be surprised whatsoever if uh, he wins a major uh, in the near future, maybe this week, but maybe uh, in the coming the coming years, uh, we'll, we'll see Thomas play a lot better. My surprise player for the week is going to be uh, Tony Finau, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think... I'm going with this theme this week of, of the big players who have good ball striking stats, who are very strong off the tee. And a few players have better stats, tee to green, than Tony Finau this year. I think we haven't really talked about him a whole lot, but he has been in contention in the past in major championships. Remember at Whistling Straits a couple of years ago in 2015 when Jason Day won, Tony was was kind of right in the mix there, ended up finishing in the top five. I think he can I think he can hang with these guys and, uh, and really put a, a, a nice finish up there. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. He, he just hits at a mile too, mm-hmm. doesn't he? And I and that that's I think I heard it's kind of wet out there this week at Quail Hollow Club. So I think um, I think that's going to, you know, really help him in the long run. Yeah, I saw a um, video of him today hitting a hitting a drive in shorts. Of course, the players are allowed to wear shorts for the practice round for the PGA mm-hmm. Championship. I'm glad he'll be he'll be wearing pants because I don't think anybody wants to see his legs. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that. Um, who do you got? Who do you got missing the cut this week? This is a really tough one. Um, I thought the same thing. Yeah, it was I'll, tough to I'll, pick. Yeah, um, I'll first say this: there are a few people who you know I like to make the cut, but not necessarily contend. I think Jordan will make the cut, but not really be a a big contender on the weekend. And I think um, Ricky will make the cut, but not be a big contender in the weekend. I said it before, I think Henrik Stenson will miss the cut. He hasn't played great this year. He's missed a couple of cuts in majors, and he has not played well at Quail Hollow in his career. So uh, I'm going to be taking him as kind of my my main guy. But I do like most of the, the big guys to, uh, to make the cut this week and, and, and play pretty well. Okay, see, I think I'm on the opposite end of you. I'm going Brooks Kepka as okay. my player to miss the cut. Um, he's a first timer at Quail Hollow and I, 
And I, I said before, it might not matter, but I think for some of the younger players still, I know he's experienced and whatnot, but just for some of the players, it might, it might affect them a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a bomber's paradise this week. That's what might help him. Um, but I just can't see Brooks playing well in the last major of the year. Okay. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's tough following up a major win. It, it always is. Oh, it, yeah, it always is. And Jordan, I, I don't know what he's going to do this week. Like mm-hmm. you said, there's a lot of pressure on him. And, and, I th- and I, it might not affect him, but it's got to at some point, right? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Rory was talking about it today about, um, you know, that completing the career Grand Slam. Of course, he's missing the Masters. And it was tough for him because, you know, after he won the PGA Championship in 2014, he had to wait eight months to, to get back to the next the next major championship. Right. And uh, Jordan has the opportunity to, you know, three weeks later have the opportunity to just jump right into it and, and you know, play this PGA championship and uh, go ahead right from there. But, yeah, I totally I totally agree with you that it's it is tough to uh, to follow up. Yeah, so I we'll see. It's going to be a great week down there. Hopefully the rain kind of stays away, all those thunderstorms that are expected. Hopefully they just stay away and we have a great week at the PGA Championship. But that's all the time we have left on the postcast this week. Please follow us on our social media feeds, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Global Golf Post and you'll be able to find us. Also, if you have any topics you'd like for us to discuss, tweet, a, tweet at us or leave us a comment on Facebook. Until next time, for Sean and I, hit him straight. See you later.